Amen, brother. You asked a question about being nervous, and the reason why there is a nervousness is because the old man of God who wrote that letter said, as he's so right in James chapter 3, verse 1, that those that are preachers will have the greater condemnation. And so that brings a nervousness about me and preaching and uh, the truth that I may give or the untruth that I may tell. And so it's a great, great burden. You think that it may just, you get up here and talk a little while and say a few things and, and move forward that it's all said and done. It's not all said and done. Uh, there's, a, there's a judgment coming someday. And not only a judge that you get judged, but judge that I be judged. And so uh, it's a serious matter. You can take it soberly if you like, or if you can take it jokingly as you like, it's however you want. Uh, but the bottom line is that every man should give an account of himself before God. And that will take place and happen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn back to Revelation. Let's read two verses this morning, and we're going to preach in between all that. If you, if you would, in honor of God's Word, let's stand to our feet and open your Bibles. Turn to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. As we'll begin there. It says, To him that overcometh, I'm sorry, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Now, Jesus there is speaking to the church. Chapter 6 and verse 17. For the great day of his wrath is come. Who shall be able to stand? This is the same one in Revelation chapter 3 who's saying, I won't enter the church. He's the same one in chapter 6 and verse 17 says that his wrath has come. Who's able to stand? What has happened between verse 20 and verse 17? Can I say this this morning? This world, us, the earth, is on a journey to the tribulation. The next great event that this world will ever occur will be the tribulation period. And that's the where the world is heading today, and that is where they will go. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name, and I ask you, God, to be a help to us. Father, by the way of helping us understand the Scripture, God, help us to lay aside our phones and lay aside our problems, our difficulties, our differences. Lord, that we would hone in what the Word of God has to say. This is mildly important, God, because the tribulation could start tomorrow. And Lord, if that would happen, uh, my, what destruction and heartache that that would be. I would pray this morning, God, that each one in this room would know that Jesus would live in their hearts and that Christ would be the one who has given them forgiveness of sin. And, Lord, they have peace with God. And, Lord, they have made all things right with our Lord. And I pray, Father, now that you'd lead God the service, that you'd give us the ability, give us the power, the strength to preach in, and that you might get glory in all that's said and done. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. The journey to the tribulation, that is the next great event or the large event, and let me say it like this, the last event for this earth. 
And so it's not very much longer, and it's not going to be uh, very much uh, enjoyable as well. But I want to begin in Revelation chapter 30, and I want to take the journey from the last church, the last age, in 2022, this is where we are. It is described as the last church of the last age of the last time uh, that will be a church where Jesus is on the outside. Now, isn't it amazing this morning, there's never been a time like this that I know of or that has been spoken of from anyone ever since the United States of America has been born and prior to that in other civilizations and other empires and other governments in which we see a day in which, let me tell you why. There is a church almost on every corner in America. There's a church all over the places. You're not going to go anywhere in America and not find a church. Uh, you, you can get on Google everywhere across the world and look and listen to a message. There has been no time in all the world where the excess of information and knowledge is so available just by a, this, this punching a button or punching a key. On our phones all day long, 24 hours a day, it's with us. We can get on computers, we can go to libraries, we can do all these other things, even at work. There's excess, tremendous excess, on religious things, spiritual things. Uh, there's been books that are written. Uh, there is more theologians and theological seminaries and schools and colleges. Uh, there is an openness today like ever before if you want to know about something of the Bible, you want to know something about God, if you want to know something about Christ, man, you can get to it. There is absolutely uh, no place, it seems, uh, that you can't search out or get to where you need to go concerning uh, spiritual things. And yet today, our society is morally worse than it's ever been before. I mean, there's more people that are living with each other than they ever have. There's more divorce ever. There's more suicide ever. There's more pregnancies outside of marriage than ever. Uh, we are finding more murders. We're finding more drugs. We're finding more uh, theft. We're finding more burglaries. We're finding more uh, domestic abuses. We're finding pedophiles, we're finding homosexuality, lesbianism, trans-Americanism. Trans we're finding that in America and all the world today, that morally speaking, it has, it has hit the bottom. And yet the church is at the highest. And we also find socially. Socially today, uh, the, the families are, are parted. Uh, the families are defunctioned. Uh, there's no more uh, sitting at the tables enjoying each other. There's no more having a family Bible. There's no more of just learning and understanding and talking to each other, spending some time. Uh, the average time of a husband and wife today in a daily 
bust of a day is 13 minutes. We find in the most average child and parent relationship, uh, there is just a minutes of a day that there's any kind of interaction with their children. The majority of time, mom and daddy's working, and they put their children in daycare. They put their children in school. They put their children in, in the after-school deal. And when they get home at 5 or 6 o'clock in the evening, the kids go to bed at 7 or 8 o'clock or, or 9 o'clock, and mom and daddy have to get in. They have to cook the food. They have to get all this range and all that. They're wore out. They're wore down. And, man, there's absolutely not much going on. Some of the kids got to play ball. Some got to go dancing some's got to do this some's got to do that and it's a hustle a bustle of life amen and we find today that there's no worse social than ever that's why social media and social that's why you got to look on christian uh christian husband or christian wife on the on the you on the internet in order to find a spouse these days why you got to hook up with somebody if you're not a christian uh on some kind of dating line because people just don't have social skills anymore. We don't talk socially. We text everybody. And then when you text, they fix your the grammar. Uh, you, or you can just speak it to the phone now. I was, running, I was driving down the road the other day, and, and we got cameras in my truck, and so I can't hold my phone anymore, and I can't do all that. And so I'm, got, I'm talking to a stupid computer. I'm saying, all right, call mom, or hey, call Heather, or call, call this, or hey, uh, text so-and-so. And it's a, it, I'm talking to nobody. It's just a person, or not a person, but it's just a person's voice. I'm thinking, how ridiculous is this? Socially speaking, in our social life, it's the worst. It's pathetic. And our morals are gone. How about our pol- politics? Man, listen, it's so, it's so political in the way of being so... So corrupt? Who's telling the truth? Who's bringing forth honesty? Who really knows what's really going on? And they're not telling us the whole story. Politics. The worst ever been. We think of any other place that we can hone in on. Social, moral, political. How about we go to the environment? How about if we go to maybe international? How about we go to relationships of the world? Things that are going on. How about economics? How much is a gallon of milk today? How much is a gallon of gas? Hey, how about your, how about your, your uh, light bill? How about your water bill? How about your gas bill? How about the loan you made and the interest rates are now up and you're paying more for interest? How's it going? The salaries are not going up. Everything else around us is going up. Economics, it's the worst. Right? And yet the church is at the highest. And you know why this morning? Because Jesus, by and large, is not in the church. Number one, I want you you to see the message. I'm talking about the journey to the tribulation. I want you to notice the message of Christ. He says three things in verse 20. He says, number one, I am actively seeking my church. 
And this morning in Glory Baptist Church, you may be in church, but that doesn't mean Jesus is in you. Many, many across this land this morning are in church, but it has no guarantee that Jesus is in them. But I'm going to tell you number one about Jesus. Jesus is actively seeking my church, he says. Look in verse 20. He says, I stand at the door and knock. He is actively seeking his church. He's not just standing on the outside saying, boy, I tell you, my heart is hurt. My feelings are hurt. I've been offended uh, that my church would kick me out. My church wouldn't let me be in the song service. They wouldn't let me be in the preaching service. They won't let me be in the worship service. They, they won't let me be in the, in the fellowship. Uh, it, they're out. I'm out of my own church. No, he's not doing that. He's standing at the door, actively seeking his church, knocking and knocking, knocking every Sunday, every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday, every Saturday, every Sunday, three days, seven days a week, uh, 12 months a year, 365 days a year, decades, decades, centuries. He's knocking, he's knocking, he's knocking, seeking, actively saying, would you please open the door and let me in. You've got church buildings. You've got church people. You've got church literature. You've got church this and you've got church that. But I'm not in it. And I'm seeking to get in it. I want to be in it. My desire is to be in it. It's his energy today that's at the door. It is his effort today as he's knocking on the door. As you're sitting in here this morning... You don't need to be concerned about where you're sitting. you got to be concerned about who's in you this morning. Not what you're in, but what is in you. Is he, and have you heard the knock from Jesus, and has you seen the effort and energy upon his part as he's saying to you, yes, you're singing the songs, and yes, you're giving the tithes, and yes, you're listening to the message, and yes, you're moral, and yes, you're social, and yes, you're political, and yes, you're economical, but I'm not in it. I wonder this morning, this is the message of Jesus today, saying I am actively seeking my church. Number two, I am affectionately speaking for my church look there in verse 20 he says i will come into him and sup with him and he with me he says if any man hear my voice and open the door not only hear my knock at your door i'm talking about the church's door but if you would just hear my voice I am affectionately speaking and affectionately speaking to you. If anyone would just hear my voice and open the door, I'm standing here. I'm knocking. I'm not going to bust the door down. I'm not going to force the door open. I'm not going to come into ones who don't want me in their lives. I'm not going to come into ones who's not interested that I would be the Lord of their lives. I'm not going to come into anybody that has a place where the devil can play and where the evil spirits can lie. I will not come into anyone unless they will open the door and hear my voice. I'm affectionately speaking to my church. I'm actively Working and seeking 
my church. He says here, thirdly, he says, I am. Jesus is now has a message for the church. I am aggressively supplying in my church. He says, I want to come into him. I want my presence to be in every single one of you. I want everyone who is my church to have my presence within him. I want to come in him. Why is Jesus knocking on the door of the church of the last age? Why is Jesus knocking on the door of the church of the last time? Why is Jesus knocking on the door of the church of the Laodiceans? The church that the people have taken over. That the people have organized. And the people have instituted. And now it's become a business. Now it's become an institution. It's no longer the church where Jesus dwells. It's no longer the church who he's head of. It's no longer the church that's run by Christ. And led by Christ. And honored by Christ. And exalted by Christ. And magnified and extolled. And above and beyond he holds the preeminence any longer it is him that says to you and I of this age would you please I affectionately and aggressively and I will come into you because I want my presence in you I don't want your money I don't want your time. I don't want your tears. I don't want your words. I don't want nothing out of you. But what I do want is I want my presence in you. That's the church this morning that we at large are living in. They're going through the motions. They've got all the good and the glitter and the gold. They got all the money in the bank. They got all the nice buildings and lands and properties. They got all the organizations. They got all the skill and talent of the drummers and of the piano players and the singers. And they got uh, professional preachers. And, and they got all the organizations of all aspects and all elements of life. They reach every social thing there is. They reach everything that every man would ever want. They reach the feelings and the emotions of the singing and the preaching is short and sweet and kind and wonderful and they go about their daily life and but Jesus said listen what I want in my church is I want my presence in it and this is the message to the church of the last days which we are church I want to be in you I'm just not interested in being around you I'm not interested to become about you I'm not interested for you to say, well, one day you're coming for me. He said, no, I want to be in you now. Now. And so we find here this morning in this aggressive supply, he said, I want to supply my presence into my church. But then he says, I want to supply my pleasure in my church. He says there in verse 20, he said, I will sup with him and he with me. He says that word sup there would bring forth a relationship. He says, I walk with my church because of my presence within them brings forth a pleasure with me that I may sup with them, that I might have a relationship with them. You know, the church by and large today in all of the world today is going through, a, it looks like a facade or a, a, a masquerade or a mask, and, and but down deep within the heart of that church, it's not the pleasure. 
of Christ. It's the pleasure of man. It's not the pleasure of Christ and the subjects and the sermons. It's the pleasure of man. It's not the pleasure of Christ in Sunday school and whatever you teach and whatever you give. It's the pleasure of men. It's not the pleasure of, of Jesus is what you sing and, and how you sing it and the songs. It's the pleasure of men. It's not the pleasure of, of Jesus, friend. It's the pleasure of man and what to build and when to build and how to build and, and what to build within what you have, the money that comes in and all that we've got. Listen, Jesus is saying, I not only want to be the presence of you, I want the pleasure. And one of the pleasures that I want is, is to sup with you, to have a relationship with you. That me and you can walk along the way on every day. And I can talk with you and you can talk with me. That if you got a problem, you don't run to the psychologist and to the therapist and to the, and to the, the psychiatrist and to the doctor and to this and that and the other. You just come to me. And if i got a problem, I'll just come to you. I just want a relationship. He said, then not only will I sup with you, but you can sup with me. And you can have fellowship with me. We'll just together worship the Father. We'll just together honor the Lord. That we will just together have communion. And we'll have sweet fellowship and sweet relationship. All I'm asking to you, church, is all that works you're doing. And all that limelight you got. And all that money that you're giving. And all that work you're doing outside the church. And all that mothering. And all that fathering. And all of that education. And all that money gathering. And all those cars. And all those things. And all this income. And all this prosperity. And all that you have within the vision of your life well, I'm just asking would you just let me in I'd like to be part so we find this morning the message of Jesus in the last days and that's where we must begin number two I noticed the message of the last days or the message of Jesus or the message of Christ but secondly I noticed in the journey to the tribulation, there's a meeting with Christ. After chapter 3, which is the message of Christ, we run into verse 1 of chapter 4. And we find that there's a meeting with Christ. The Bible says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard, as it were, the trumpet, talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit. Behold, I, a throne was set in heaven, and one that sat on the throne. Now, you don't want to miss this meeting. You don't want to miss this meeting. Now, right now, you're in chapter 3, verse 20. You're in good shape. You're in the age of grace. You could this morning repent and receive Christ. You could this morning get your heart right with God. You, you could this morning make sure that Jesus lives in you, not just around you and about you and coming one day, but he's in you. Supping and fellowshipping and communion. 
But friend, you don't want to miss chapter 4, verse 1. Don't miss the meeting. Because after the message of Christ, there's the meeting with Christ. And if you miss this meeting, you will go right into the tribulation period. So it's vital, church. It's vital that you don't miss the meeting. Because if you miss the meeting, immediately you're standing in chapter 6 and verse 1. We'll get there. So, I just want to emphasize. Don't miss the meeting. You see, the only thing separating the church of the last age from the, from the tribulation this morning, the only thing separating the church from the tribulation is the meeting. So, the meeting. And you want to be in the meeting. If you have your Bibles, let's talk about this meeting. First Thessalonians chapter 4. I know it's well known to everybody, and everybody probably can announce it or remember maybe even quote it or even tell me more about it than what I know, and I, I encourage you to do that, and I appreciate that so much. But I want you to notice in chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, it talks about this meeting. There in about verse 17, it says of chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. Here's the meeting. Now right after this church message that Jesus gave, there's going to be a meeting. And this meeting is going to be uh, completely uh, only for those that are in Christ. But if you miss the meeting, you go right into the tribulation period. Number one, I want you to notice the celebration for the dead in Christ. You see, this meeting is a celebration meeting. This meeting is not something to fear. This meeting is not something to be uh, at anxiety over. This meeting is not a meeting to get corrected. This meeting is not a meeting of discipline, a meeting of, of threats. This is a meeting of celebration. Don't miss the meeting. Man, if you're going to do anything in this life, make sure you at the meeting. The celebration for the dead in Christ is verse 16. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, who are those that are dead in Christ? Well, it's just what it says. They died in Christ. In other words, they were up in this world. They were living like you and I are living. They're living like everyday individuals. But one day, someday, took place in their life when they repented of their sin and by faith received Christ as their Lord and the Savior. And then uh, they become in Christ. Uh, those that are in Christ, uh, the Bible says, uh, becomes a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And now in Christ, they become a new creature. And while they're in Christ, they die, physically die. And so because they were saved and living for Jesus and become a new creature in Christ, and now they died as many have passed on that we know. And so now their souls, verse 14, 
says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So the souls, the souls that, that sleep in Jesus, God said, I'll bring with me to the meeting. <laughs> so when the Bible says those that sleep in Jesus, why, would, why don't they call it dead? Because see, when you are saved, you're passed from death unto life. When you're saved, uh, Jesus gives you eternal life. When you're saved, uh, you never will experience death. Never. Ever again. So what is your soul doing? Well, Jesus just calls it a sleep. What's a sleep? The body. Not the soul. So where's the body asleep at? In the grave. In the ground. Six foot under. And that body's not dead. That body's asleep. Because someday, one day, that body's going to come out of that grave and going to be in that meeting. <laughs> and so we find this morning the celebration of those that have died in Christ. The souls which sleep in Jesus, God said he's going to bring back. To the meeting. And then number two, the bodies which are dead in Christ shall rise first. So the souls that God has with them that have already died in Christ, He's going to come in those bodies of those souls. And you know, God can keep it all in order, right? He ain't going to get somebody else's body and somebody else's soul. Wouldn't that be a mess? <laughs> but he'll get it all right, the body with his right soul, the DNA. He, he knows all about that stuff. He created that. And so the right body will be back with the right soul, and those two will be united and a glorified body. Amen? That's at the meeting. You don't want to miss this meeting. Don't be on vacation. Don't be out in a sinful, you know, night partying. I, don't, uh, don't be in some bitter and unforgiving spirit when this meeting takes place. Man, you got to get right with God. You got to be saved this morning. You got to know for sure without a shadow of a doubt that if I die right now, that Jesus Christ, uh, who is my Lord and Savior, I'd see him. He has to put the vice present with the Lord because one day those who have died in Christ and have been buried, their bodies, the Bible says, will be risen up first and that soul will meet together and they'll meet in this meeting. That's the dead celebration. You say, brother, why do you say it's a celebration? Because in verse 16, it talks about a shouting Savior. I'm not talking about a silent celebration. I'm not talking about a secure and secret celebration. I'm not talking about uh, this morning that this meeting is going to be in a private way. You know, just a certain amount of people will know and, and just a limited. No, the Bible says that this Lord, our Lord, uh, God himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Amen. I mean, there's going to be a Savior shouting. We may, the Savior's done a lot of things, but I don't recall him ever do some shouting. Have you? Boy, I tell you, he has spoken and things were created. He has spoken and things have stopped. He has spoken and, and diseases have left. He has spoken and devils have gone. He has spoken and dead has risen. He has spoken a lot of things. Oh, but we've never seen the Savior coming with a shout. Celebration. You know, you have celebrations for your children. You have celebrations for you. 
I mean, listen, when you have an anniversary, and, uh, and the anniversary, Sister Loretta's coming up sometime. Where are you at? Yeah, there you are. A, lo- a, a celebration of your anniversary. Hey, ma'am, I could just see uh, maybe not just her, but others. And that anniversary day comes, that anniversary day goes. Nobody says nothing. Nobody does anything. The children's birthday. It comes. It goes. Nobody says anything. Uh, is that the way it works? No, friend. I've been, to, I've been to some of your children's birthday parties. I've been to places, friend, when their baby was born and the marriage was taking place. I've been to places when awards were given. I've been to places when the retirement was taking place. It's always been a celebration. But I've never been to a silent celebration. I've never been to one, friend, when everybody said nothing. I've never been to one when there's no emotions and no feelings at all distributed at all. Every celebration I ever been to, friend, it was some joy. It was some shout going on. I mean, it was a, it was a time, and, and it was exciting. And boy, can I tell you that this meeting right here is going to be a celebration, and friend, Jesus is going to be shouting. That word shout there in that scripture there, in that verse 17, it means this, or verse 16, it means to cry with incitement. When the Lord God, now can you imagine this? We're talking about God, the creator of the world, shouting. <laughs> I mean, we're not talking about some little old shout. I promise you, when he shouts, every bird will stop. I promise you, Fred, every fly would quit flying. Every roach will quit going. I guarantee you, when he shouts, shouting, Fred, it's going to be a stoppage of everything and anything. The God of all gods, the creator of the world, is shouting. Well, it's going to be some excitement given there. And then, then there's going to that word there means a word or a, a word of order. It's a stimulating cry. This cry, this word, this, this uh, that's forth in verse 16 says, with a shout, friend, it's going to be something. That the God of all gods and the Lord of all lords and the King of glory, friend, will come down from heaven. As he's coming down heaven, he's coming with a shout of incitement, a word of order. It's going to be something you and I, it's going to be stimulating. Matter of fact, it's so stimulating that everyone that's dead in Christ's bodies will rise from the dead. Can you imagine that? It don't matter, friend, if you're in, if you're in a concrete uh, vault. It's coming out. I don't care if it's in a real pretty $5 million casket. It's coming out. I don't care, friend, of how many pounds of dirt and how much is on top of it. It's coming out. I don't care, friend, if it's in some place, friend, whether it's on the outside or in the inside, but on the top of the ground, and uh, it is built in with concrete and glass and wood and steel and metal. It's coming out. You know why? Because the shout. The shout. Can you imagine the day in in John chapter 11 when Jesus come down to Lazarus and Lazarus was dead. And uh, uh, Jesus said, where you lay him? They said, he laid right there. It's been three days. Now he stinketh. And and Jesus went over there and he just made a little statement. Amen. He said, Lazarus. Yes, sir. Rise. He arose. He said, napkin. He said, wrap. He said, linen clothes. Loose them. 
Let him go. That same Jesus is the same Jesus is going to come from there to here or come from there to the air, and he's going to come with a shout. You don't want to miss this meeting. I'm going to tell you right now, when you're standing in the tribulation period, you're going to remember the words that Brother Larry said. I shouldn't have missed the meeting. That celebration going on. That shout. And number two, number two, number two, number two. Not only is it the shout of our Savior, but I hear the voice, or his shout was like the voice of an archangel. And we're not talking about just some created being. We're talking about an archangel this morning. It's a strong voice. It's a commanding voice, and it is a loud voice. This is going to be some loud you've never heard before. The shout will be such a shout of a voice of an archangel. There'll be such a, a rumble. There'll be such a sound. Uh, there'll be such a sight. Oh, don't miss this meeting. And then there's the trump of God. The trump of God is noisy. The trump of God sounds. The trump of God is lively. Amen. And we find in this celebration of those that are going to be are dead in Christ. When Jesus comes, the Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. What a remarkable, remarkable celebration. You're going to be glad that if you die, you die in Christ. If you're not in Christ this morning, you've never come to the place that you were just a rotten, sorry, low-down, low-down piece of trash before the eyes of God. That you've never come to the place of humility and said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I know, Lord, that you died on the cross for my sin. And I can't save myself. And, Lord, but I want to be born again. And I want Jesus to be that Lord and that Savior in my life. So, Lord, I humbly call on you today that you'd forgive me. And, Lord, that you'd come into my heart. That you'd save my soul. That you'd forgive me of my sin. And Lord, would you become the one reigning on my heart. As the Lord. As God himself. I surrender all to you this morning. I'll be submissive to you. Lord, I'll follow you all the way. Lord, I'll not turn from you. I'll keep my eyes upon you. Lord, just save. Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he'll save you. And then the celebration of that day. If you die before Jesus comes, you could be in that meeting. Number two, not only there's a celebration of those that are dead in Christ, but there's a collection of those that are alive in Christ. Talk about those that are here right now. Bible says, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. Who's them? Those that are dead in Christ. In the clouds to meet the Lord. So we're going to find a collection. We're going to be collected. Amen. I like that. We're going to be caught up together. Uh, Jesus is going to descend and the saints are going to ascend. Amen. Jesus is going to ascend. And we're going to 
Daisy. Man, here we go. He's descending and we are ascending. And Fred, we're going to come to a meeting place in the air, in the clouds. The Bible says in verse 17, in the clouds. No better place to meet than the clouds. You ever been in the clouds? I know, I know. Maybe a drug brought you there. Maybe a relationship with somebody and you thought you was in the clouds. Maybe you got a raise or you got some money and you thought you was in the clouds. Maybe you ate some food and it was just so good. You was in the clouds. And there is some people today, they just live in the clouds. They ain't got a clue. <laughs> they don't airhead. You know, that may listen. <laughs> you talk to them all day long and, and you won't get anything, nothing get accomplished. You ever talk to anybody like that? In the clouds. But they ain't talking about this cloud. Here you are. All those who have died before us that have died in Christ. They're up there. Here you come. And now we're in the clouds. Now when you look, I, I was flying one day and I went flew right through a cloud. You ever flew? Went through a cloud? I mean, we, that airplane went right through that cloud like it was nothing. And I'm thinking, how in the world are we going to meet on the cloud? Seems like we just fall down, don't you think? I mean, listen, I don't even make no sense to me, but hey, he said a cloud. And he said a cloud, guess what we're going? We're going to a cloud. Right? Cloud 13, or, you know, they talk about that. They talk about, uh, in, in the, in the, and I'm not very wise with this, but in the internet mindset or in the internet world, things go to a cloud, don't it? Think words or phrases or whatever goes to a cloud. And sometimes you lose something and you say, where'd it go? It went to the cloud. Well, listen, friend, when you go to the cloud, it won't be because you lose something. It's because you gain something. Amen. Amen. We're going we're gonna to meet in the cloud. And then he says, then he says, in the air. In the cloud, in the air. Don't miss this meeting. You didn't miss the message of Jesus. You can't miss the meeting of Jesus. In the air, in the cloud, in the meeting. Now, in this meeting, according to verse 17, this meeting never ends. Never ends. He says, to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. It never ends. So when you get to the meeting, it's like some meetings that you're in now. They seem like they never end. But when you get to this meeting, you're going to have a shouting Savior. Of a voice of an archangel. And the trump of God. And that celebration has taken place in so much that the dead in Christ is rose. And now we that are alive and those that remain, that means you just remain serving God. Those that are alive and are remaining doing what God has them to do. Those that are alive and remaining steadfast, faithful, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Those that don't go back. Those that don't quit. Those that don't stop. Those that just are faithful unto death. Those that live unto Jesus all the way unto the end. That remained those, them, that are raptured, those that are caught up. And it's such a meeting that won't last forever uh, that your actual body is removed. Alive. Now, have you ever considered that just for a moment? 
How about my, like right now, if I was raptured, my suit and stuff would just be on the ground. Like my shoes, they weren't even tied. My shirt would still be with a tie on it. Think about that. My glasses. Your earrings, your money, your wallet, everything, it's gone, man. You're not taking nothing with you. You won't even take, you won't even take the false teeth you have. Or if you have a false hair, it's not going. I just wonder, friend, will somebody, somebody gets a nose job. That addition of all the plastic. And all of the martyr. Does that go? I wonder this morning. Uh, that, that goes. Uh, all the makeup. That you ladies have on today. You look so pretty and so nice. But that can't go neither. Can you imagine your hair do? See, I can't leave the house until you get the hair just right. Friend, when this time comes for the meeting. You're going to be taken off. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it's gone. It's over. You can't in the midst of this journey from here to there say, oh, God, save me. You don't have time. And when you get to the cloud, if you're already not saved, you can't say get saved. It's too late. So you better not miss the meeting. And you better make the time even now that I can't miss the meeting. Because that's the meeting that lasts forever. The word Lord there, it says we shall be with the Lord. His, his name is the supreme in authority. The controller, God. The possessor and disposer of all things. He's the owner. See, if Jesus is not that this morning, then you can't meet with anybody but Him. And the only meeting that's going to take place is with the Lord. The supreme in authority, the owner, the disposer, and maker and creator of all things. If that's not your Jesus this morning, then you're not going to make the meeting. The Lord, supreme God, is not going to meet with some Muhammad. Not going to meet with somebody whose God is a gun or a boat or a money or a job or a person. He's only going to meet. With those who he's the supreme authority over. And whom he's owner of. And whom that individual has repented and received Christ as that Lord and Savior this morning. We find uh, that the sounds like this one that I'm speaking of. The Lord is coming out of Isaiah chapter 40. You remember that? John the Baptist in chapter 3 of Matthew. It sounds just like him. Verse 18, now as the meeting never ends, but the meeting always is encouraging. Verse 18 says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. That word comfort means to encourage, invite, and beg. Oh, I tell you this morning, you don't want to meet this, you don't want to miss this meeting. And the, you wonder, how come I don't ever get any encouragement? This is how you can get encouragement. No matter what the world is going through, I'm going to meet them in the air and the clouds in the meeting. 
No matter how tough it is now, no matter difficulties going on now, no matter how valleys are and storms are, how dark it is, it don't matter if the gallon of gas gets to become $20 a gallon. I'm going to meet him in the air. It doesn't matter. All pass. And you don't. The meeting. 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 What should I be concerned about, Brother Larry? Meeting. Meeting. What's the most important thing right now in life? Meeting. 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 Because if you miss the meeting, you're in the tribulation period. Number three. Not only do I notice the message of Jesus, I notice the meeting with Jesus, but I notice thirdly here this morning, the might in Jesus. We notice in Revelation chapter 4, that the Lord sitting on the throne. In Revelation chapter 5, we see the Lamb standing on the throne. And in Revelation chapter 6 and verse 1, we see the Lion strong on the throne. If you miss the rapture, the meeting, because you have ignored the message, you now... Don't want to miss the rapture, or you, you want to not miss the rapture. And by missing the rapture, you won't miss the tribulation period. The tribulation period is the period in which you'll find yourself. Chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. He that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. I want you to notice that, that the Lord Jesus, the Lamb of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has the book in his hand. And that book has the seals. Verse 1 of chapter 6. Jesus is the one who wrote the book. He's the one that will start the tribulation period. And he'll be the one that would cause the tribulation period in the fact of what is going to take place. And his power and his might is so much that in this verse here, talking about that one on the white horse representing the Antichrist. We're not talking much about that, but he's the Antichrist. And the Bible says he is given a bow. Who gives him that bow? Jesus. He is given a crown. Who gives him that crown? Jesus. He is given to conquer. Who gives him that power to conquer? Jesus. So when the tribulation begins and the Antichrist is on the scene, he's going to come in a peaceful way. He's going to come bringing peace because it's going to have to be that way. Because can you just imagine, as we spoke before, if the rapture happened today, uh, there will be no redeemed people on the earth anymore. This day, now maybe tomorrow there will be, but not today. For the first time in all history, there's nobody saved on the earth, not one person. And then there's no restraining power. Sin is not restrained. The devil is not restrained. Evil spirits are not restrained. Governments are not restrained. Uh, flesh is not restrained. And then the readiness of everybody. Nobody's ready. Do you think the government's ready for the rapture today? 
Do you think your home's ready for the rapture today? Do you think the homes of all the world are ready? Do you think the nations, do you think that the businesses today are ready? Do you think today that the churches are ready? Nobody's ready. So can you imagine the chaotic mess? People are missing. Planes are crashing. Buses are, are going everywhere and which way. People's cars are just stopped because they're out of the cars because they've been raptured. People's clothes are everywhere. Uh, people in, in, in all kinds of, of uh, workplaces, uh, all kinds of, of things that people are involved in are Christian. Uh, can you imagine the, the, just the trash service stopping? Can you imagine all trucking stopping? Can you just imagine uh, the, the very operation of your day stopping? It's chaotic. Nobody will go to work. You can't get to work. And if you, are, if you do have a work, what's there to work? Key people, key places, key things are just completely out of, out of culture. So there's going to be a great movement because when people get scared and when people get fearful, what do they begin to do? Fight. Right? They're going to feed their family. They're, they're going to get what they can. They're, they're going to do what they Can you imagine, friend, when, when somebody, when all my clothes were sitting right here and somebody who's not raptured, I promise the first thing they're going to do is go through my wallet. And when you drop all your diamonds that you have, all your diamond earrings and all your diamond uh, wedding rings and, and all your diamond bracelets and necklace and your pinky finger bright and all that kind of stuff and all that stuff, you think they're just going to walk by and just look like that? No, man, it's going to... It's going to be chaotic. Can you not see that? Then when the Antichrist comes, he's going to come and say, Take it easy. I've got this. I know exactly what to do. And he's going to bring peace with that bow. He's going to bring peace. He's going to talk. He's going to be very, and we don't have time to talk about the Antichrist, but uh, he's going to be very, very, very sly and slick and smooth. And he'll control it all. Everybody look to him. All of Israel will look to him as their Messiah. He'll build up a peace treaty with them. All the other worlds will look at him as if he's, a matter of fact, the Muslim will look at him as their Mada. Uh, you'll find other religions are looking for their saviors. And so all these religions are going to be looking right to them. And friend, it's going to satisfy the religious. It'll satisfy the political. It'll satisfy everyone. And everybody's going to be just fine. But the only problem is there's a next horse. It's called the red horse. And that red horse represents war. And so in this red horse, uh, we find uh, that he sins. In this red horse, it's, again, it's Jesus that sins. Uh, power is given to take peace. Who gives him that power to take peace? Jesus. He is given to kill. Who's given him to kill? Jesus. He sends the black horse, verses 5 through 6. Jesus gives him the control of all the food. Now, when you control the food, you control the people. Is that right? Man, if I put you in a place and you're starving to death and your children are starving to death, I promise you, you'll do exactly what I tell you to do if you want something to eat. Something about that stomach. It'll follow instruction. He gave them control over being inflated you thought the inflation is bad now you wait till this tribulation period whenever you go to work all day eight ten hours a day you make just enough money for you to be fed you to be fed for that day that's it there's not enough for your family not enough for anyone else just you 
God, Jesus, has given the Antichrist that authority and that power to bring that inflation. Lastly, I say this. He sends the pale horse. That's in, that's in chapter 6 here. And there, look there in verse 8. He says, Behold, a pale horse in his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him, and power was given to them over fourth part of the earth. So, who gave, who gave them death? Jesus. Now, what always follows death? Hell. Do you know this is the first time in history and first time in the future that 2.1, listen now, 2.1 billion. If the, if the rapture happened today and tribulation start today, 2.1 billion. There's 7 point, there's 8.4 billion, right? 2.1 billion people would die. Now, where would they go? Hell. Remember, nobody's saved. First time in history of all the world that you die at this period, in the tribulation period. Death, hell. 2.1 billion people go to hell that day. If you miss the rapture, you could be part of that 2.1 billion. Jesus is giving you choice today. Would you repent and receive Christ this morning and be at the meeting or miss the meeting and be in the tribulation period? There's so much more to this. I don't have time, but I would pray this morning that you'd consider your soul and where you'd go if you'd die. Let's stand our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. We find that Jesus has given the sword to kill these 2.1 billion people. He's given the famine. He's given the pestilence. He's given the beast. Hunger, death, beast, and sword. Remember now, this tribulation period is the judgment of the world for rejecting Jesus, especially to the Israel. Rejected their Messiah. It's the wrath of the Lamb. I pray this morning that you know Christ. If you need to come, you come this morning. Would you come? Would you come? You think, is this real, Brother Larry? It's real. It's real. It's real. I beg you, reconsider. Don't miss the meeting. Don't be in the tribulation period. I know it's sobering. It's true, though. I love your soul. It break my heart to know that anybody in this room would die and go to hell. 
You may not like me. You may not appreciate me. You may not care too much for me. But one thing I want you to know is I love your soul. I don't want you to miss the meeting and find yourself in the tribulation period. We'll wait just one more second to make sure you know today. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for the, the pure word of God. I ask you, God, to to move within our hearts and lives here this morning. I pray that you would save a soul. God, would you just put conviction upon hearts. Draw them to you, Lord, and persuade them today. Well, I know it may seem like science fiction. and It might seem like some fantasy or some fable that's been told. But God, it's in the Word of God. And everything that's been said so far has happened. And we're just waiting now. And so we pray, Father, that you bring a soberness to our hearts. God, give us a greater hunger to live for you and honor you. God, help us to have a burden for the lost. God, help us not just to go about our ways, but tell others and warn them about this. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God and in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for thee. Your heart be right.
Peace.